What if you were better equipped to beat your best in any situation life throws at you? What if you were able to realize game-changing breakthroughs and achieve your goals fearlessly and without restriction? My mission is to help you level up your mindset to achieve peak performance so you can accomplish the most audacious goals you have in life and in business while embracing the highs and lows of every journey. To do that, I'm going to explore topics that challenge how you think and help explain why you show up in the world the way you do. By accepting the challenge, you'll think better, you'll feel better, you'll perform better every day. I'm your host, Dr. Ed Slover, mindset and peak performance coach, business consultant, thought leader, author, and award-winning educator. And it's a good day to do great things. This is the Quest for Life podcast. When we think of fitness, most people think physical fitness, which is often juxtaposed in our minds with health, wellness, and performance. It isn't often, however, that when we think of fitness, we think of social fitness. I mean, we all get that eating right, engaging in regular physical activity, getting enough sleep, and managing stress are important, and we all get that those are more closely related to physical fitness. The health and quality of our relationships with others, such as partners, family members, friends, coworkers, and even ourselves, is arguably equally as important, if for no other reason that deficiencies in our relationships can negatively impact our physical health. So what is social fitness exactly? Here are a couple working definitions to provide context for today's episode. First, according to the Military Health System and Defense Health Agency, Social fitness is the ability to engage in productive personal and professional relationships and use resources that promote overall well-being. According to the Consortium for Health and Military Performance, social fitness is the degree to which you assess, build, and optimize the relationships and interactions you have with others. Finally, according to an article published in the RAND Health Quarterly by Juliana McGean, Social fitness is the combined use of resources a person gets from his or her social world, which encompasses the availability and maintenance of social relationships and the ability to use those ties to manage stressors and successfully perform tasks. Now that we're all on the same page with the basic premise of what social fitness is, what follows are ways you can improve your social fitness to level up your mindset and achieve peak performance both in relationships and the daily tasks you need to perform. Let's get started. Not exercising your social fitness is hazardous to your health. That was a quote by Robert Waldinger, a psychiatrist and psychoanalyst at Massachusetts General Hospital and a professor of psychiatry at Harvard Medical School. Waldinger also directs the Harvard Study of Adult Development, which is the longest scientific study of happiness ever conducted. In January 2023, Waldinger summarized the findings from the research consisting of 80 plus years of data in the book, The Good Life, Lessons from the World's Longest Scientific Study on Happiness. The book outlines the formula for health and happiness, suggesting that both hinge on positive relationships. The two sets of study participants were 268 Harvard sophomores originally recruited in 1938 and 456 Boston inner city residents. As of 2023, the ongoing study is still tracking all living members from the original 1938 cohort and over 500 members of their offspring. This work aligns with the results from a 10-hour social fitness training program with the U.S. military, 
facilitated by John and Stephanie Cassioppo, that suggested that activities such as doing someone a favor or practicing conflict resolution reduced loneliness and boosted well-being in soldiers. Waldinger notes that, quote, if you regularly feel isolated and lonely, it can be as dangerous as smoking a half a pack of cigarettes daily or being obese. Like unused muscles, neglecting relationships atrophy, unquote. This is a critical topic to engage others in conversation with, especially with teenagers, as the teen mental health crisis is just that, a crisis. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention found that American high school students who say they feel persistent feelings of sadness and hopelessness rose from 26% to 44% from 2009 to 2021, with 56.5% of teenage girls and 75.7% of LBGTQ plus members reporting the highest feelings of sadness or hopelessness. It should be noted that feelings of sadness or hopelessness increased in every demographic under study. Even 40% of older adults in the U.S. report chronic loneliness, which is what physician and former U.S. Surgeon General Vivek Murthy refers to as a, quote, loneliness pandemic. And it doesn't take a Harvard-trained social scientist to see the effects on sadness or hopelessness across all generational co cohorts as a result of the 2020 lockdown in which most people felt some sense of social isolation. My wife's actually a really good example of this. She's an extraordinarily outgoing social person. And having to move from a physical office space into a remote work setting did not do her any favors. And while there was an apparent need to do that, she, over a period of time, felt more and more socially isolated. And we certainly have seen this in, in teenagers, where they go from going to junior high or high school, where a lot of their day is the social interaction with others, and then they were moved to a remote learning environment. It's really created a downstream effect that, quite frankly, we don't know what the long-term ramifications of, of are. Ironically, in 2023, we're at the most technologically connected moment in the history of the world. As I've often said, we're more connected than ever, ever and less personal than ever. This, of course, relates not only to the smartphones we carry in our pockets, but the rise of social media. And with technologies advancing, and they're not slowing down, we need to look into the future and assess how is this going to change our world, especially with the impending pro proliferation of AI. And it's, it's easy to think that this is only going to get worse. I am, however, optimistic that we mere humans will figure out a way to figure this out. So now that we have a backdrop for this discussion, let's explore seven ways, and there are many more, you can strengthen your social fitness by leveling up your mindset. Number one, start with self-reflection. If you think about it, by starting any new physical fitness routine, you discover there are muscle groups that are weaker than others. The same holds for kickstarting your social fitness routine. As you reflect, Consider journaling or download an app where you can track where you are devoting your time. I mean, we have 168 hours every single week that we are, have budgeted for our life. And the question is, how are we spending our time? Where are we spending our time? Now, if you do a quick analysis of that 168 hours, you'll quickly learn that we spend the majority of our time sleeping. 
And if you get seven or eight hours of sleep a night, you're getting somewhere between 49 and 56 hours a week. You subtract that from 168, and then you assess, okay, where am I spending the next most amount of time? If you're a full-time employee, that's probably at work. If you're a full-time student, it's probably in class or studying. And then you start, you start you know, cutting out uh, those hours and, and whittle it down to figure, okay, how many hours do I have left over? How many hours are, are being wasted? Or what are those time bandits? As you do that analysis, consider asking yourself, what am I giving my time to? And what am I receiving from that time spent? Am I spending enough time with family or family members? Am I having enough fun with friends? Do I feel like I'm getting enough emotional support from loved ones? Of course, answering these questions and shifting how and where you spend your time can absolutely strengthen your social fitness muscles. Number two, emphasize the relationships you value most. The goal for improving your social fitness isn't necessarily to strive for a total social overhaul. Rather, focus on the relationships that bring productive value to your life. Once you identify who those people are, ask yourself, is there anything I can do to improve this relationship? Or what are some ways we can spend more time together? Or are there ways I can communicate more effectively? Answers to these quest questions and shifting how and where you spend your time can absolutely strengthen your social fitness muscles. One of the things that I've been working on recently is shutting my workday off at six o'clock every day. So that's 6 p.m. every day. Now, I, I get a lot done really, really early in the day. And what I've come to learn is that by six o'clock, the work that I'm doing really starts to suffer. I can do about seven or eight things excellently every day. And if I track beyond 6 p.m., those things start to suffer. The quality of that work starts to to starts to fade. But that's not the main reason why I'm doing it. They're at least trying to stop my workday at six o'clock is that I spent the most of 2022 working on my consulting business and spent way less time with my family, most notably my wife. So this is something that's top of mind that I'm starting to crack the code on this. It's extraordinarily difficult, but I am starting to crack the code on, if nothing else, being in the same physical space as my wife and in the hopes that we strike up conversation or we can veg watching TV or something that helps to enhance that relationship. Number three, build a routine by creating standing recurring touch points. In contemporary America, most of us have overfilled our lives and schedules from the time we wake up until the time we go to sleep. Knowing that, it's difficult at times to connect with others spontaneously. By calendaring touch points, such as weekly coffee hours with a mentor or a monthly Zoom call with a friend in a different time zone, you give yourself a shot at connecting with others more consistently. And doing this absolutely can strengthen your social fitness muscles. I met a gentleman last summer on a LinkedIn networking call. His name's Darnell. And Darnell reached out to me subsequent to that call and asked if we could talk. And I completely spaced on the initial conversation and he was gracious enough to give me another chance. And we, we had a wonderful conversation and we scheduled bi-weekly touch points just to check in to see how one another were doing, to have fellowship, to support and encourage one another. It's been an extraordinary relationship that I value very, very deeply. 
And I can tell you definitively, that relationship would not have grown had we not scheduled standing recurring touch points. It just wouldn't have. I know me. I don't know how he would have managed it, but I know how I, I would manage it. And if I didn't have that appointment to keep, I probably would have let that relationship wither on the vine. Number four, send I'm thinking about you messages at regularly scheduled intervals. Admittedly, this is something I've tried to do and only until recently have I been able to get even a little bit more consistent with it. it this isn't a top of mind thing normally for me. So I'm trying to create the muscle memory around these messages and they take various forms and have led to nothing but positive results. One recent message I sent went like this. Hey brother, wanted to check in to let you know I'm thinking of you and hope all is well. Now I sent that via text. You, may, you might consider being even more intimate by sending a video message. No matter the medium, the act of sending a message like that makes you feel more connected to the person that you're sending the message to. Plus, you get the added benefit of deeper connection when they reply. And doing so can absolutely strengthen your social fitness muscles. Number five, create a new connection with others. Expanding your personal and professional network is a wonderful way to get into, quote, social shape. While putting yourself out there is never easy, there are seemingly an incalculable number of ways to go about doing it. You might consider joining a running or hiking club. You might consider joining groups at your church or volunteering in your community. I've had the privilege of volunteering for Habitat for Humanity on three separate occasions where we've moved rock, we've painted houses, we've fixed up people's yards, and it's this community-based activity of volunteers that have just, it's just been overwhelmingly positive. You meet people that you wouldn't have otherwise met because they simply are volunteering their time in the service of others and you create, you create a community within the community. I've also had the opportunity on several occasions through Girl Scouts of America to volunteer my time at Feed My Starving Children. If you're not familiar, Feed My Starving Children packages dry, dehydrated food and sends it to various parts of the world. And it's a, it's a wonderful organization, but just like Habitat for Humanity, it puts you in a space of other volunteers and allows you to build community within that space of volunteers. And the connections that you, you make, even if they're short term, even if they're just based on the time that you're spending you know, in, in that volunteer activity, actually enhance your social fitness. So other ways you might seek out to take classes such as cooking or baking classes, gardening classes, or even actually taking a class at a local university or community college. What we know and what science informs is that building new friendships while maintaining existing ones shapes your mental health and overall well-being in a positive direction and doing so can strengthen your social fitness muscles. Number six, practice, practice random acts of kindness. The next time you're at the grocery store and the person at checkout starts helping you, ask them, how are you? And care about their response. Look at them in the face and show them you genuinely care how they're doing as they probably spend most of their workday dealing with people that don't give a rip about them. 
You may also consider giving a homeless person on the corner some money or food or water. Now, I'm guilty of a really negative attitude on, on this one. I'm wondering, it's like, my gosh, what happened to this person and what decisions did they make to allow them to you know, be in this spot in the arc of their life and they're on a corner with a piece of cardboard begging for money or food or water? Because my a previous version of myself looked at that and said, oh, that's really just kind of pathetic. Why don't you clean yourself up? Why don't you go submit some job applications and make something of yourself? But what I've grown to realize, and hopefully through not only the acquisition of more knowledge, but some measure of wisdom, is that I don't have any idea their circumstances in life that brought them to that moment. What I do know is that I could do a better job showing them grace. Now, what I'm not saying is that we have to give them money or food or water every single time, but I don't know how much that would hurt if we did that. I know I don't do that every time, but when I have the opportunity to, to do it, I'm doing it more and more. When these people say thank you, in the event that you are in a position where you feel inspired to donate money, food, or water to a homeless person, and when these people say thank you, say you're welcome, and then ask, what's your name? For most people, their name is the most important word in their vocabulary. Now, as a Christian, Jesus kind of comes to mind, but if we, if we put my Lord and Savior you know, off to the side, just for the context of this discussion, the most important word in most people's vocabulary is their name. So when, you, when they say thank you, say you're welcome, what's your name? And then follow this up by saying, I hope you have a great day, and then insert their name. You might also consider, and still dealing with random acts of kindness, you might also consider stopping to help someone with a flat tire. And I know this is crazy inconvenient to do, but the lasting effects are considerable for both you and them. And doing each of these and a whole host of other random acts of kindness can strengthen your social fitness muscles, and there's no doubt about it. Number seven, put down the screen and find ways to have fun with others. If you haven't connected with your mom or dad, brothers or sisters, sons and daughters, or friends in a while, figure out a, an excuse to spend time with them and do something fun with them. This could take the form of family game night, however old-fashioned that is. You can grab some friends and go to a movie. You could find fellowship with people at the local Buffalo wing shop watching football or enjoying a beer. You could grab your brother or sister and go people watch at the airport. And for the younger generation listening, people watching at the airport was a thing. I mean, we, I remember doing that with my mom. We would go to the airport and just watch how people made their way around the airport. It was extraordinarily interesting. And one of the things that, that, that strikes me both as a people watcher at the airport and later a business traveler, is that most people are myopic in the one sixth of their world. And what I mean by that is they're simply looking straight ahead. They don't consider what's above them, below them, to their right, left, or behind them. And if you've spent any kind of time in, in an airport, you know that there are people called stop walkers, where all of a sudden they just stop. And it's all you can do to, to avoid them and not run up their back. But doing something like that can be an extraordinarily fun experience. You could also get some friends together and play Cards Against Humanity, for example. And if you've never done this, the laughs will be nonstop. What I do caution against, though, is making it the, 
the people that are playing an age appropriate type of thing because it can get pretty lewd and crude uh, very quickly, but it's a hell of a good time. The list of possible ways to connect with others and having fun doing it are voluminous. It should be noted that it's important for you and them to remain present in the moment. Fight the urge to pick up your screen and plant your nose firmly in it. Whatever is going on in the world ultimately can wait. Trust me, the world's okay, at least for now. And you have plenty of time to spend checking in on the world and making sure that the world is okay after you spend this time connecting with others. And doing so will absolutely strengthen your social fitness muscles. As we close out another episode of the Quest for Life podcast, let me summarize a few points. First, rates of sadness, hopelessness, and loneliness are on the rise across all generational cohorts despite being more connected than we've ever been. There is hope, however, as there are practical things that you can put into your life today that can make a positive measurable impact. They are as follows, and this isn't an exhaustive list. Start with self-reflection. Emphasize the relationships you value most. Build a routine by creating standing recurring touch points. Send an I'm thinking about you message. Create new, con new connections with others. Practice random acts of kindness and put down the screen and find ways to have fun with others. Further, I encourage you to explore additional ways you can enhance your connections with others, such as becoming a better listener, becoming more vulnerable, resolving past conflicts, apologizing when you've gotten something wrong, or sharing good news and or celebrating good news others share with you. At the end of the day, none of this is rocket science, but it does require that we put forth effort. Just like the difficulty we face starting a new physical fitness program, starting or revitalizing a social fitness program won't be easy and the progress may be slow, but the results will be worth it. And as usual, it's food for thought, fellow questers. Be sure to follow or subscribe to the show and pass it on to a friend. You can download the show notes at thequestforlife.com. That's the quest number for life.com. You can also connect with me if you're interested in learning more about leveling up your mindset to achieve peak performance in all areas of your life. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining the conversation.